0: welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to meet with you via LinkedIn initially. I love that platform for being able to connect to fellow podcasters and individuals that are doing awesome things. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, Elena, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to hop in.
0: Absolutely. Um, so my first question to my audience always is, give us a little snapshot of kind of, you know, maybe what you studied, where your career led and and and, and what are you doing today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I knew that I wanted to produce financial freedom for myself and my family from the age of 14. Initially, I thought that was going to be in the NFL doing football, doing big things that way, but I hated football. So when I got to college, I got more into entrepreneurship, started learning more and more about real estate, studied psychology with the intent to really um, apply the psychology of business to the workplace, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so once I graduated, I kind of found that my degree was uh, a little bit useless, <laughs> I won't lie. And so I jumped into sales and that's kind of where I'm at today. I do sales jobs and I host my daily podcast and the daily, daily podcast really comes from a desire to just help people achieve their dreams and goals because that's what gives me energy every day.
0: Mm, no, that's that's very very cool. So I want to, um, and I'm going to talk about your podcast because I think you you just talk about so many different interesting topics and the fact that you do it daily. Kudos to you! I do this weekly. You know, and it's like, and it's a lot of work. And I don't think people realize, like, as much as we enjoy it, it it's, it's at the end of the day, it requires some effort. But so let's go back a little bit. I'm curious because I'm always wondering how do people end up kind of developing into who they are today and what sparked that, that kind of uh, curiosity? So at the age of 14, was there something in particular that you like, that happened or, like, was it your upbringing? Or what was it that at that specific age you decided you like, I, I really need financial like stability or yeah, independence?
1: for sure for sure i think it was because my family's house got foreclosed on so the house we Mm -hmm. grew up in for the first 13 14 years of my life we got kicked out because we couldn't pay the mortgage i think we had some overdue taxes on it and we sold it at a discount to some real estate investors actually i know exactly what happened now but back Mm -hmm. then i didn't understand so um yeah when my house got foreclosed on we had to move and i saw my parents going through a lot of that stress and i was like They had been arguing kind of my whole life since I was two years old. And I was like, money is a problem. Mm. And if we did not have the stress, the financial pressure present in our family. I think that our family would be a lot better. I'm not saying everything would be perfect, but a lot of the stress and emotional distress that we experience from the day to day would be solved. And so when I looked around and I saw wealthy people, um, I was just like, This is possible for me mostly because they were 14 at 1.2 and i always was kind of in the upper 90 percentile of just performance when it came to school when it came to sports when it came to a lot of things so i was like if they became this i can become this too and that's also Mm. a mentality that football helped me adopt so it was the foreclosure plus the belief in myself that kind of helped me set the goal
0: You know, so you mentioned a couple of interesting points. So first of all, yeah, like, I mean, the financial part is, I think it's one of the top two or three reasons why people have uh, marital problems. And naturally so, because it puts so much pressure on people, right? And as much as we want to pretend like, oh, it's not about money, you still need a certain amount (laughs) to live, you know, comfortably. I think once you have that comfort zone, whatever that means for you, then you, then it just, then it's, you kind of can you know, at least live a, a, you know, a life that you, you know, of quality, right? So, but I think there's studies that's been done. I'm sure maybe you've heard of It's like, how much money do you need to make to actually be content and like satisfied? And then anything you make above that, I think in the U.S. they said like $75,000 a year in the U.S., Um, and, and anything you make above that, it doesn't actually make you any more happier, but it does bring you joy and other things, but to live kind of like a, a generally good life, unless you're like in DC or New York area where rent is not, you know, probably that per year. But, you know, if you're living in just kind of, you know, the, you know, many of the states, um, you know, that's kind of, that's what they were saying. I don't know if you, you know much about that study. Um, but. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's the reality. And I, I like that you said that because, again, I think we're always, like, talking about, like, oh, you should just, you know, enjoy what you do and be happy and all that. And, like, you don't have to worry about money. But the reality is that we all have responsibilities and, and families and et cetera. So money is important whether we, we you know, we want to admit it or not. Um, so wh- what's really interesting to me, and my audience knows I'm very biased towards this because I believe that sports help you develop, obviously, I mean, I feel like we all can agree, it develops some kind of discipline and mindset. And I want you to talk to me a little bit about that because you could have gone completely opposite way and could have gone down negative land, right? But instead you're like, no, I can do this. So talk to me about like, what was it about the sport that helped you think that way?
1: Yeah, yeah. So also around that time when I was 14 and I made that goal for myself, I was a freshman in high school and I got put up to the varsity in my second semester of my freshman year. They have the freshman workout with the varsity if they think you're going to kind of play up the next year, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So getting ready to do off season with the varsity, they have a much more intense off season than the freshmen have. And so the head coach knew that some of the freshmen coming in were anxious and he gave us a speech and he looked at us. He was like, look at the person next to you, look to your right, look to your left. During this whole off season, if they're doing it, you can do it too. And there are two things that matter in life. Attitude and effort. And I just really took that to heart because I really wanted to get through offseason. I really wanted to be a high performance football player because I thought the NFL was my only ticket to making money. So I was like, I need to be good at this. and I need to be good at my studies. And So that was kind of the mindset I adopted. And then as I was evaluating my life later, I realized that that same mindset was going to apply to every aspect of my. If there's somebody out there doing it, that means I can do it too, because they once lacked the skills, the character traits, and the beliefs to get that stuff done. And they developed it so I can develop it too.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's, that's super, super powerful. Um, and, and did, do, do you feel like your parents played a role in that? Like were they super supportive in, in that route for you or like, were, were they still together at that time?
1: Yeah. So they were still together. They, they, I got divorced when I was in college. So they separated right when I left for college and then got divorced while I was in college. So all throughout high school, they were together. Um, Super supportive on that mindset point. No, but they did show me how to go to the ends of the earth for the people I loved. Because when I told them that I had a goal, my mom was picking up extra hours to help me get personal training and to help Mm -hmm. me fill my diet plan. Like she was doing everything that was within her power to make sure that my dream came true. Mm. And that was really powerful for me to see. And to this day, I'll pretty much do anything for the people that I love and honestly, any stranger, because I think dreams and goals are so important and belief in oneself will take, pretty much anybody really far, as long as you keep persevering, keep believing in yourself. And then if you associate with people who believe in themselves, it will also take you far, which I think is just a really cool thing about belief. And so I'll pretty much go to the ends of the earth for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And at the end of the day, I think if we're all doing things, you know, we're all pursuing in pursuit of something that makes us, you know, that kind of gives us that drive and gives us that, you know, happiness or joy or whatever you want to call it, I think we can all be better as a society overall, right? Because then we're not so worried about everything else that's happening. We're just so focused on our journey and and, and being around individuals that are also focused on their journeys. And we're kind of parallel taking that together. So that's really powerful. And so at what point, what, you know, what was it? the pivot towards entrepreneurship and sales versus continuing with a sports career.
1: Yeah. So as much as I thought football was my only way out, I hated playing football. Little story here. When I was eight years old, probably uh, might've been nine or 10. I was just young. I was playing youth football. I got invited to the all-star team. And when my dad told me I got invited to the all-star team, instead of being really happy and really ecstatic, I started crying. <laughs> And I was crying because I felt trapped. Mm. I felt miserable. I felt like this was something I had to do. And I just wanted a break. Like I finished the season, the all-star kind of games were after the season. and So I was like, looking forward to that break I was gonna have. And then surprise, you gotta play more football. That's how it Mm. was in my head. And I felt trapped as a kid and my dad was looking forward. He was excited for me. And so I felt like I needed to be excited, but I couldn't hold back the tears. I was a sensitive Mm. kid. Still a sensitive guy, but I can control <laughs> my tears a bit better. So anyway, that hate kind of came through high school. When I got to college, I was like, am I really going to spend the next four years of my life as miserable as I was in high school? And just to give you another picture of this, when I was a freshman in high school, a lot happened freshman year. <laughs> um, Sounds
0: like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was playing spring football and I was in the weight room and I was thinking only four more years of this and then you're free. Only four more years of this, and then you're free. And there was two parts of me. One part wanted to go to the NFL, and one part just wanted the freedom. And so I was kind of clinging to that. I'll be free at one point in the future. And when I got to college, I was like, I just can't do four more years of it. So I quit. And my mom also told me that look at what rich people are doing and do what they do, like reinvent the wheel, and you'll be good. And that's what kind of pushed me towards real estate. And so – taking her advice, taking my newfound freedom from quitting football when I got to college to play. And, um, I dove into real estate, got on the internet, found biggerpockets.com, which is a real estate website. And that's when I started listening to very entrepreneurial podcasts and reading the books that they recommend on that podcast.
0: That's awesome. And kudos to you to not pursuing kind of having that awareness that this doesn't make me happen. There's other ways to make money basically, right? Because I feel like a lot of people are trapped and doing this thing because they're good at it maybe, but ultimately it will drain you as you know, you could be good at something. And obviously there are, ter- there are, situations in our lives where we have to do something that we don't like, but if you have that choice and you know, you, and you can make it, you're aware enough to actually know that you have that choice. That's that, that's awesome. Kudos for you. And so, um, and then you studied psychology. So, did you like what what was that made you choose the psychology degree? what were you looking to gain from it I guess
1: so I wanted a business degree, and mm-hmm. to be frank, I didn't want to be in college. I was just doing it um, because I felt like I had to and so mm-hmm. I made a commitment to myself in college that I wouldn't do anything that I didn't have to do that I didn't want to do, regardless um, psychology business psychology was the closest thing to a business degree I could get. I was thinking econ but when I got into some econ classes, I was like, this is, isn't going to teach me anything about business or entrepreneurship. It's very much like econ theory. So mm-hmm. I was like, scratch that. Let's go to psychology. At least I can learn how people work because people are the foundation of business. And so that, that was kind of the logic behind the psychology degree. But honestly, if I could go back, I would still stay in college because I formed great relationships, but I would spend way less time on my degree and way more time, doing some things I've learned over a
0: couple years. Mm. What were some of the most impactful things that were like, that you still carry with yourself today that you learned? Pick a couple of biggest lessons.
1: There's really only one that I learned Mm. in college. (laughs) 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 Um, It was that people don't succeed through sheer willpower. (laughs) Your willpower can take you so far, but a lot of people will kind of hit a barrier and Mm -hmm. then, they choose not to ask for help. They don't seek out accountability. They don't seek out community. And they try to push through that barrier with willpower, and it doesn't work. Because I was failing my abnormal psych class, and my professor actually told me this to um, help me pass the class because she, she wanted me to pass, right? And then I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I don't think it applies to this class because, really, I just haven't been trying, studying, or doing homework. But it does apply to life. Because um, there are some barriers in entrepreneurship that I'm trying to get through with willpower. And if I humbled myself and sought out help, sought out community, sought out accountability, it would have been a much different story much earlier.
0: Mm. And how do you how do you, you know, maintain that even today? Like, you know, what are you doing? Kind of what is your I don't know maybe it's habits or routines that look like where you can you continue to remind yourself and, and keeping yourself accountable. Is there anything you do particularly?
1: Yeah, I would say the first thing that I do is get really, there's this book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. And The One Thing by Gary Keller talks about how at any point in time, there is one thing that is going to be the most impactful and the most effective thing you can be doing at that time. So I really try to keep my priority list straight. And then I try to incorporate people wherever I can. For example, when I was hosting... This podcast. We're thinking about hosting this podcast. Um, not your podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, your podcast. podcast. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I was thinking about uh, starting my podcast, I was um, how How am I going to be consistent with this? How am I going to be consistent with this? And I knew the only way I was going to do it was to get people on the show with me and have them expecting me to show up. And so, anytime I can create a situation where people are expecting me to show up, I create that situation. Like me and my fiance have been able to go to the gym more regularly because we go together now. Like when I was just going alone, I would skip a day here, skip a day there. It wouldn't be a thing, but now that we're going, it's like, there's one more step of accountability. And if my fiance and I joined a workout group, there would be another step of accountability because we're not just holding each other accountable in our relationship, but there are people, friends and community members expecting us to show up. Mm. The other thing I would say, Is like, so create situations where people are expecting you to show up, really get good at prioritizing and knowing the next thing that's going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals, towards whatever you're trying to create. And I would say the last thing is to surround yourself with just like-minded people. And so curate your environment in a way that is pushing you forward, pulling you forward, however you want to phrase it but not holding you back because so many Mm. people will hold you back and it's too easy to get in our own heads. So when we have other people ask us a question, doubt us or don't think it's going to be successful or try to steer us off our path, it's too easy to go with the flow because we're social creatures inherently and we already doubt ourselves. So just making sure to curate your environment so that people are holding you accountable to who you know you can become.
0: Mm.
1: That can be through coaching mastermind programs. It can be through, um, just picking five good friends that you know are trying to go somewhere with you.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Even two.
1: <laughs> start with One. two, right?
0: One. Yeah. yeah. Or nobody, I don't know, just yourself and your mentors, right. Or, you know, yep. your mentors that are through books or podcasts or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just to your point about like, you know, you have to continue to kind of grow. Uh, and be around people that are also growing. I, I I'm I'm reading the David Goggins um, book, the the his second book. It's laying right there, but I don't want to call the name of it. But so uh, for those guys to know, David Goggins. I probably now am gonna give him a good um, introduction. But he's basically like an ex Navy SEAL, so he's like super like elite performer, etc. So he's like really hardcore. And he said something that stuck with me. He said. Uh, he said, if you're not improving, if you're not getting better, um, you're getting worse, basically. Like if you're not, if you're not growing, you're falling behind something along those lines, because as much as we want to think we're staying content and kind of like, we're just the same and we're happy where we are. And that's just where we're going to be. The reality is eventually you're going to just kind of fall off. So if you're not continuously growing and moving, you're probably going to at some point fall behind. And I think that's so powerful. And to your point, you know, if you're not around individuals that are also in that continuous growth, um, you know, and I'm not saying everybody has to be like super, like all the time, like trying to be better, you know, but, you know, in, in moderation, right? Um, I think that that's definitely impactful for sure.
1: Can I, can I add one more thing there?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Um, I was just going to say that like, <laughs> I talk about it as well. I talk Mm -hmm. about my dreams and goals everywhere I go. Like it's my first form of communication with people. And I also ask other people about their dreams and goals because I like to have people see me again in three months and ask me about that thing that I said I was going to do. Then it's like, I'm either going to do that thing or I'm going to have to fess up and be like, Hey, I didn't do it. Hey, I fell short. And there's an embarrassment factor there, but confronting that embarrassment factor also has helped me get over people pleasing, which is another thing that holds a lot of people back. So I Mm just say, talk about your dreams and goals to everybody who is willing to listen. Don't shove it down people's throat, but everybody who's willing to listen, talk to them about it.
0: Yeah. What are you most excited about for this year for yourself?
1: Yeah, this year for myself, I really, really honed in and focused on So last year was all about posting daily on the podcast. Like that was the goal I made for 2022. And this year I found myself frustrated towards the end of 2022 with where revenue was, with where profit was. I was like, my real only source of income is a job. I've gotten a little bit here from this thing, a little bit there from this thing, but I'm just, I'm still a W2 employee. And that was kind of irking me. And so even after posting the podcast daily, like I thought I was going to post daily for two months and then I was going to be famous, you know, (laughs) that is is not what happened. Uh, So I have a more revenue focused goal and I really Mm -hmm. want to hear 200,000 in income, whether that be from a job or whether that be from business ventures. And I want to join this real estate mastermind to be really intentional about getting around that community. I think I've networked well in the real estate space, but one of the things that has held me back is a having consistent funds to market for deals and consistent funds to market for investors, but then B, just being a serious candidate to go in on deals with people. And mm. Part of that is getting in the mastermind and making relationships with people who aren't beginners, but are doing deals. Like they've done five deals, six apartment syndications. So I really want to join that mastermind, which is $35,000. So I need to make $35,000 in extra income. Mm-hmm. I just made my goal 200 K. I don't live off 150, 160 K a year, but I'd have a lot of extra income if that were the case. I'd also be free if I made that too much okay so that's those are the goals
0: no that's a great goal yeah and it's like an investment you know you, you kind of you have to at some point kind of bite the bullet and invest in something and but also like when you're ready I feel like um you know there's a you know there's a lot of people that are like well if you spend this much money you're going to get this but you have to really be ready for that like you said for that network for that you know and you've been kind of preparing for it and etc so so it definitely requires like preparation and and that trial and error up until that point so when you're ready to invest you're gonna to maximize that investment and actually get a return on like good ROI on it um so i'm and i, lo- I love it that you uh, I, I have to tell you something though on my side like i love it that you have the i don't know i don't know if it's that willingness to kind of share share your goals i'm on the flip side of this so i'm i'm one of those people who i prefer to just keep quiet because i feel and i don't know if that's the superstitious russian in me So in Russia, it's like, we don't talk like the, the, you know, we have even like, um, we have an expression says money likes quiet. So that's the translation. So basically like if you're, you know, like it's, it's almost like you might attract like the haters and the bad energy if you talk about your goals. So I grew up in that environment. So I, to your point, like, I mean, it's awesome that it works for you. For me, I have this fear and I think it backfires because if I talk about something I'm, I'm doing, I, I am already like tricking myself and already giving my own bad luck because i already don't believe it because i'm afraid that i just said it out loud and i'm like oh now it's gonna the superstitious mind kicks in you know so it's really interesting because a lot of people you know they say like speak it into existence uh and for me I'm, I'm on the flip side and i really think it's more of that like cultural upbringing for me but it's 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 cool that it works for you though yeah
1: yeah no i think that's really interesting and i think the kind of money moves in silence is more accurate, actually. Like when you think of wealthy people, you don't really know their name. You don't really know like what exactly they do. They just have a lot of control, influence, power, and money. The reason I like talking about it so much is because of a flaw in myself. Like I have Mm -hmm. my limiting beliefs. I have my own lack of accountability. And that's kind of how I addressed Mm -hmm. the problem. I don't necessarily think talking about your goals, talking about your dreams is a prerequisite prerequisite to mm-hmm. succeed. What needs to be done though is massive action. And so right. for me to hold myself accountable to Mac massive action, I needed to talk about it with everybody I saw because I needed the accountability of, Hey, did you do that thing? Hey, oh, I saw you're still posting the podcast. That's awesome. Like that started coming around after episode 300, you know, people were like doubting me episode 50. Why are you doing this episode? A hundred episode 300. Wow, dude, you really stuck with it. And so it's just this cool accountability factor for me, but let no mistake be made. Massive action is really the only thing that needs to happen. And as long as you can take massive action consistently, you can talk about it or not talk about it. You'll be fine.
0: Mm, okay that's cool yeah I'll, I'm always curious about that because I feel like everybody has like a different approach um, and um, what made you I guess want to start the podcast like what was the again what was the the, the push to do that
1: yeah so I'll gotta take this back to college a little bit um, when I quit football I was like I'm free and then I immediately fell back into something that drained my energy because I wasn't used to doing things that gave me energy and we we mm-hmm build these habits. Like a lot of us have a habit of being broke. We have a habit of being unhappy, a habit of complaining. And the problem is you. It's not necessarily your environment. Your environment may contribute to it, but if you put you in another environment, you'll probably try to recreate what you're comfortable with because that's just how humans work. And so I recognized that I was picking and choosing to do things that drained my energy, whether it be football or whether it be young life, and it was all because of people pleasing. And so what I did was write down exactly what gave me energy. And I was talking to people about their dreams and goals. And I was like, I have this conversation with people, few and far in between, but when I have it, I love it. So how can I do it every day? And that was the idea behind the podcast. Initially, the podcast was a marketing tool because I jumped into real estate sales right after graduation. It didn't work out. I wasn't consistent with it. I had to do exactly what gave me energy for the purpose of it giving me energy, not to generate revenue, not to get leads, not to do marketing. It was like, I do this because I love it. And so that was kind of the impetus behind making the podcast daily and actually being consistent with it. I got really clear by doing an energy audit on what gave me energy and what drained my energy. And there was Mm -hmm. one thing that gave me energy, talking to people about their dreams and goals. So I started doing it every day.
0: Mm, That's awesome. Awesome. And what what, um, what do you feel is like your biggest accomplishment so far? What are you most proud of so far?
1: Yeah, I would say the thing that I am most proud of is the daily podcast because mm. I picked it because it gave me energy. And then I wanted to build the character trait of consistency, which I thought that I lacked. And now I don't think I lack it anymore. I don't really see it as something that's holding me back. And so doing something consistently, that gives me energy is just something that I'm really excited about. And I will proudly like stake my flag on it because it hasn't always been easy. Like initially I had like 90 episodes recorded. So if I missed a recording here, or missed a recording there. I had 90 podcasts in the bank, slowly mm-hmm. that went down. And now I'm at a point where I just have to build it back up. Like I may have five or six. And so it's a bit more of a hustle again. And it's just, but my commitment to myself, I'm choosing to keep that. And I'm just proud of that.
0: Hmm. That's actually really, really helpful because a lot of people struggle with that motivation and because, because not just it's, it's, I don't know if it's motivation or discipline, but that, but staying consistent. Right Because sometimes you don't have the motivation to be consistent every day, but then when you're accountable to somebody or to something, that's what forces you to be consistent until, like you said, you become consistent and you 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 overcome that habit and you create a new habit for yourself, so you get away from that bad habit of not being consistent and creating a system where it helps you you know stay that disciplined. Um, so I think that's very powerful because a lot of people struggle with that, right. Um, so at the end of the day, it's just all about consistency, like in anything that we do, right. That's so it's, it's really, that's what it is. Um, what do you feel like you've learned the most from your podcast, whether from hosting it from your guests?
1: Yeah, I would say I've learned a couple things. I've learned a couple things. One done is better than perfect, like through and through. I had a lot of fear around posting the podcast and I don't edit a ton when it comes to my podcast. And there's probably some production quality that's missing. That's missing me views, but views wasn't the goal. Consistency was the goal. So I just need to put something out consistently, despite what I thought about, despite what people thought about it, I needed to be consistent. And so, you know, I designed the questions to consistently add value to people's lives. So as long as they heard the person answering value was going to be added and I just need to do it consistently. And so done was better than perfect. I started out like I didn't put subtitles on reels or any of that stuff and it slowly improved, but, um, it was rough in the beginning. It's still rough <laughs> now, and in 10 years, it'll look a lot better than it does, but done is better than perfect. That's the first um, kind of thing I learned. The second thing I learned is humility when, um, hosting the show like initially i thought it was my show and so i was going to kind of control the flow and you do control the flow to an extent but sometimes i have people on and they'll talk for five six ten twelve minutes on one question where i don't have a a period of time to interject And the beginning of my podcast um that would hurt my pride and i'd be like no i need to be controlling this i need to be doing this and then i i was like i stopped the recording asked this guy, I was like, "Is are you running the show or am I running the show? Is basically how I asked him. And then I started the recording again and we continued the podcast. And after that show, I was like, that was so selfish and not who I want to be. And upon reflection of that, I learned the lesson. And I was like, even if I feel like they're dragging on, I'm going to choose to listen because I created this platform to give them space to talk about their dreams and goals. Cause I love seeing people light up when they talk about things they love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so if they talk about it for 12 minutes, so be it. And so mm-hmm. I said those two things.
0: That's super, super cool. I can definitely relate as a a fellow podcaster. And on your first point, when people, I I feel people that judge podcasts like in the beginning where they try to like, you know I'm not sure if that happened to you, but they try to recommend like Oh, you should use this and you should do that. And it's like, yeah, it's going to take time. Like it just takes time to get better. Like give me a break. You know what I mean? Like the purpose of it is not to be this guru creator. The purpose is to, to your point, like you just said, to offer a platform for, for people to share and hopefully somebody benefits from it. Right. So the purpose is not to be you know, digital creator when you were none before. So, right. So it's like, that's how you learn. So anybody who's listening, do not judge first podcasters. It's unless you're doing it, you know, unless like Brene Brown says, unless you're in the, in the arena with us fighting. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> don't be on the sidelines. <laughs> oh gosh. So I have a couple more questions for you, but before before we wrap it up with those two questions, I wanted to ask uh where do you hang out? Where can people kind of access your podcast, listen to it social media wise?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at Tim Douglas924. That's my personal Instagram. I also have a podcasting Instagram pretty sure that's at living the dream podcast too. Um, you can find me on work That's my personal website. Um, yeah, my podcast is on Apple and Spotify. It's the living the dream podcast. If you type in with Timmy Douglas, if you just type in the first part, it should show up, type in with Timmy Douglas. It will definitely show up and it'll like have my face or kind of a cartoon of my face. What are those called? Like a Uh, um,
0: avatar or something, right? Yeah. Like an An, an, animated avatar or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'll make sure to share it in uh, podcast notes as well in this episode. Um, So a couple of final questions for you. One first question is what, what question do you, do you wish people ask themselves more often?
1: Mm. I wish people ask themselves If I could do one thing in my life and I knew I would not fail, what would I do? And I think a lot of people have a fear of failure. Unless you're kind of one of the elite entrepreneurs or you're already a high achiever, you probably are not doing something because of a fear of failure. And I think a lot of people crush their dreams and goals because of a fear of failure. So I think that question would be really helpful. Or can I, can I add a different question? Yes, of course. (laughs) Okay. It's either that question or if I had all the money in the world, all the time in the world and nobody's expectations on my shoulders, how would I spend my time? Because I think those two kind of get to the root of who you are and what you want for your life.
0: Mm. And the next question for you is if you had a magic wand to change anything in the world, what would that be?
1: Mm, If I had a magic wand to change anything in the world, what would that be? I think I would change the selfish nature of humans. And I think I would change that because a lot of us, I have two goals in my life, financial freedom for myself and my family. And then I want to raise the standard of living across the world to middle class America. I think the only reason that the standard of living across the world is bad in some places, good in others, or there's such a discrepancy, or there are people who don't have everything they need. Even in first world countries, people don't have everything they need. It's because we're all so focused on ourselves. We don't produce enough or have enough or become enough to like go help somebody else. And so our selfish nature is like, I need to take care of me. I need to take care of me. Can never focus on somebody else. If we could all look to our right, look to our left and help two people, we'd have billions of people helping billions of people and the world would look a lot different. So I think that's what I would change.
0: I love that. It's a beautiful message to end this podcast on. Simi, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I look forward to chatting with you again and again. Hopefully, as you you know, continue your journey.
1: Awesome! Thanks for having me.